Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome in. Welcome back. Saturday Suckage. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers and fellow Suckageers on the text line. Our text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Have settled the various layers of cash, credit, tipping. So the... Taxation, taxing the t- on tips, their do- a, a 847 texture, my daughter's a server, yes, taxing on the tip is fully recorded and taken out, 773, not true, the restaurant has to record the cash tips and submit to the IRS. 630, that, <clears throat> I'm sorry, 847, as a former server, cash is best to leave as a tip, it's in the best interest for the server to report the cash tips for tax purposes, but is the loophole for a server to report lower wages. All in all, cash gives the server the choice and full and, and full amount up front, so you can simply you can simply report less. And that that there was the key. You gotta report something. And and when you report it, <clears throat> you're not they have no way of knowing what you have. So anyways, that's the, that's the, that settles that. The, the RS has got to know something. Yeah, we know you're getting tipped. And servers are, are abused and underpaid and they bring you food and you're happy enough to go out again. And if you're really happy that you're getting served food in a restaurant and you're enjoying life and you're trying to crawl back to, to, to what it used to be with still a month of margarita season to go, then just tip in cash. And let them make the decision, but they've got the cash. There was a nice moment that happened in a Cubs broadcast booth, the radio booth, right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. And I'm going to bring it back this week. Here it is. Isn't it, Sean? Crane Kenny, Cubs vice president in charge of money, and Pat Hughes. And Pat Hughes, the Cubs broadcaster in charge of clarity and uniform descriptions. Well, they had a moment in the broadcast booth this week. 
I'll let you talk about the, the other one that's going in, Pat. Here's a, here's a little bio on, on the other person who's going in. Can you read that there, partner? I think it says, this is me going into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much for that. The great and Pat Hughes will be joining all of those legendary players and managers and broadcasters, as you just mentioned. Well, that's it. Pat Hughes should be in should should be a winner of the Ford Frick Award, which is the Broadcasters Hall of Fame wing and in Cooperstown. And for now, he has been inducted into the Cubs Hall of Fame. Certainly deserving. He is his, he is our voice of summer. He's a soundtrack of summer. He is spectacular. He is he is descriptive, nice, he is a wordsmith. And he has such a wonderful, wonderful sense of humor. It can be self-deprecating. It can be, it can be done with an inflection, and it can be done with a, a, a smirk and a line. And he's just so deserving of that. And it was a great moment. It was a really, really nice way. They pulled it off. He had no idea. He's certainly surprised and choked up, and the, the booth was understandably happy about it that Ron Coombe and Zach Zaidman working with him and, and knowing what kind of guy he is. I mean, Mark Grody, if he were still on this show, this is his show, but he's not on this show. But if he were still on this show, he would tell you some, he has some Pat Hughes stories and just what a, what a mensch he is and what a, a treat it was to work with someone like that. Well, it was funny um, too, Steve. He kept trying to do play-by-play as they're trying to tell him he's going into the Hall of Fame. I think it was Coomer that was like, I think the play-by-play can wait, Pat. Let's talk about you for a second. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just classic and, Pat and Hughes. That, <clears throat> and you you notice Mark, Mark has made the point when we've discussed Pat and his brilliance, and it's usually discussing announcers in the city or the Hall of Fame, the Ford Frick Award, and... He Pat has always said reporting from Wrigley Field. He's used that word, and it's not <clears throat> done blithely. Pat chooses his words very well. He's a man of many words. And reporting from Wrigley Field, he views it that way. That was that was that's a very old school approach. It doesn't mean he can't do other things, but Pat views it as reporting. And that includes everything from the uniform from the from the laundry to the color of the field to anything a player might be doing any body motions or twitches or whatever to the play on the field and 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 the emotion of the crowd he views himself as reporting on it and he's he's when the game is going on he feels an obligation this ain't tv you can't let the picture speak for it while you're doing something else and pat's always realized that there's a time for dead air, and there's a time, you know, when it's 18 to nothing, then you kind of look for this day in baseball history, and they do that, and they look to have fun. But that's what Pat does. That's his his instinct. He's reporting on what goes on, but it was hysterical when Coombe's saying, no, 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 we'll get back to that. We can recap that. This is about you. And most guys who were, do that kind of reporting or approach their job that way whether they say it or not they're all about it not being them they're all about it's what's unfolding in front of them and how they share it with you 
And when I say with you, it's not the the the, the editorial you, the grander you, the the millions listening. Because most broadcasters, I would I would bet one of the lessons Pat Hughes learned, heard, was told, one of the approaches he took is one that a lot of broadcasters heard, and I was one of them. You open a mic, you see what's going on in front of you, you're talking to one person. You are telling the story to one person about what you see. Because then it doesn't seem so daunting. There's just somebody, imagine that person sitting in front of you, or across from you, or off to the side, because you got to watch what's going on in front of you in order to describe the action. But most broadcasters are told, you're telling the story to one person. What just happened? Tell that to the person who's sitting next to you. That kind of approach. And then you don't have to worry about the millions you're speaking to. And eventually you, you become so confident in that, and it becomes second nature, and you're describing what went on in front of you. But that's a lot of where it starts. And for young broadcasters, that's an easy way to do it. It was a really nice moment. Pat Hughes is a wonderful man, a warm human being, and certainly deserving of that and more, and I would expect him to, to get it. So the Cubs are, they're, you know, touchy-feely moments like that. And there was a guy, however, earlier in the last week and a half or so, sort of calling them out on their BS or daring them to actually back up what they say. We've heard this from Jed Hoyer, the next great Cubs team, and, and this looks like 2014, and... <clears throat> where whatever the billionaire owner wants to say after he talks about suffering biblical losses, financial losses. And we also heard it with Carlos Correa. The Cubs allegedly were in pursuit of him. Maybe it's true, maybe it's not. And he didn't choose the Cubs. He chose those small market twins. Why? Because they look serious about competing. They were closer to competing. They had shown that seriousness. They had shown, they'd committed money. They had built up their roster. Somebody chose the twins over the Cubs. It's all you need to know. And that is the, the biggest shortstop name on the market. There's another shortstop was available coming up. His name is Trey Turner. Gordon Whitmire did a brilliant thing. He went up to Milwaukee when the Doyers were up in Milwaukee. And while, as what Gordon calls, rebuild that shall not be named, as he wrote here on NBCSports.com for NBC Sports Chicago, that's who he's writing for. And as Turner approaches free agency, he wants to look at different organizations. You'd want to know what they expect or where it's going or what they're trying to do, kind of a vision. Whatever that vision is, it is. But I think that's mandatory. You need to know how the next few years will look and how that pertains to you and your family and your career. It's definitely a factor in picking a team. End quote from Trey Turner. That Cubs vision, Whitmire writes, has taken on a heightened sense of significance, if not 
in urgency with both Hoyer's and Chairman Tom Rickard's assertions in the past that the Cubs plan to be aggressive with offseason spending on free agents. Turner's going to be one of those. Correa could be a free agent again if he opts out. Xander Bogertz is another one. And Trey Turner is a spectacular guy who's getting talked up by Nomar Garciaparra, a former Cub. Nomar Garciaparra, a do- former Dodger, former Cub. He's he's willing to tell Turner what the deal is. And Garciaparra loves Chicago, loves the city. He calls Chicago his favorite city, Boston his favorite town, and L.A. his home. And he admits he got lucky, and he's talking about how they how they differ and what it's like to play there. And Turner said that he is looking at the team to essentially back up what they run their mouths over. Jed, Crane Kenny, Tom Ricketts. It's not meant to be a criticism. <clears throat> these guys these guys have done a lot more <clears throat> a lot more talking than competing. They're having a nice run now when nothing was expected and the year was going to suck, and they have sucked. This is an organization that quit when they traded Darvish two and a half years ago. Traded him in December. They gave up on the season then. They traded all the other guys. And I'm not saying that 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 was a form of quitting. You're not adding to him anymore. You're getting rid of all those guys. Rizzo's having the best year. Javier Baez and Chris Bryant apparently have given up baseball. Schwarber is still killing it. They've... Some were right, some were wrong. It was a coin flip. But here's the thing. You have to look serious to free agents. They got really lucky when Theo sweet-talked John Lester. And John Lester and David Ross sweet-talked John Lackey. And here they are. And Jason Hayward took less money to play for the Cubs than the Cardinals. But John Lester was the key. And whatever vision Theo had... He certainly had the credibility with had the credibility with Lester from their days in Boston. They won. This guy knows how to do it. You can say that about Jed, but he doesn't really have the credibility that Theo had. Trey Turner's going to expect even more. And the problem is you want to show you're serious by signing Trey Turner, Carlos Correa. Who do you have to sign before that, before they become serious? Or who do you have to acquire and trade? And that's where the Cubs find themselves. How serious are you? We know you can talk. You sure talk a lot. You sure have nothing to back up what you've said because these moves haven't been to look like you're competing. You're not the Dodgers. You're not competing every year. You're not the Yankees. You're a small market team or you're acting like a small market team. You got a billionaire owner who's acting like a small market team. And Trey Turner sees that. He won't be the only big-name free agent who sees that. So you need to change. What are the chances that happens? We're going to take a break and come back with someone who might be able to answer that question about the Cubs. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Thanks for listening to Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. will drive one in the air deep right field well hit back is Renfro that ball at the wall gone two run homer Ian Happ 
And the Cubs take a two to one lead. Their first hit of the game is a two run go ahead homer by Ian Happ. That's all he does is hit two run homers at Ian Happ. Highlights courtesy of us, the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast listen to every mlb game live the deep left center field it is high it is far it is gone stream minor league affiliates the midwest league home run leader Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The Hall of Famer, Pat Hughes, right there. Talking about Ian Happ. Home run, two-run homer, two-run homer. So all they do is hit two-run homers, and they beat the the Brewers, and there you go. Tears in your beers. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum with you. Saturday Suck at Chicago Sports Radio 670. We're going to go to the score hotline again, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Welcoming back to the show, Megan Montemuro. She covers the Cubs for the Tribune and tweeted this out, that, that because of baseball's new rules and extra innings, Ian Happ became the first Cubs player to hit a two-run homer to lead off an inning. <laughs> Megan, I love that. Thanks, I mean, it's, thanks you know, for you know, sharing you, you with You never the, know what you're going to see at the ballpark, right? No, that's true. Thanks for sharing with the, the class. That's just so <laughs> outstanding. I hadn't realized that would have happened earlier, but when you put it that way, that okay, 
first Cub to player to hit a two-run homer leading off an inning. It's like, wow, that's really, <laughs> yeah. You keep keep changing the rule, and he. So you're talking about you wrote a story today in Chicago, or it was posted today on ChicagoTribune.com. You're talking about the trend of club of baseball clubs signing younger players. We're going to buy your arbitration years. We're going to get out of this early, differing from what the, the era the Cubs just came out of. But it's much of what you know local fans would be familiar with, what the what the White Sox have done in some instances, and certainly what other teams have done with with young players, whether it was Tatis or Julio Rodriguez. And now we're, we're looking at some Cubs players. Do the teams bet this is going to be, they're going to come up sevens. Do they not know what they're going to get? The players would certainly love to have that guaranteed money. So where, who are the Cubs players under consideration? Do you think, and the likelihood that they'll be the guys worth investing in? Yeah, I mean, I think the most obvious guy is Nico Horner. I mean, given what he's shown really since he first came up in 2019, but this year, you know, outside of a collision with an umpire and, you know, a freak injury there, I mean, he's been on the field, he's been healthy, he's been playing, you know, really great defense um, at shortstop, you know, the advanced metrics back that beyond the eye test. Um, you know, he's shown that, yeah, he can be the contact hitter that you need in the lineup. He has some pop. He can drive the ball. Um, you know, he's developing into a leader in that clubhouse. Like, all the qualities you would want to lock in a guy and buy out arbitration and some free agent ears, like, that's what you have in, in Nico Horner. And I think beyond him, you know, there's always the value and, and the premium put on – younger starting pitchers. And I think what you've seen from Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson this year, I mean, you know, especially Steele right now, I mean, the run that he's been on since the end of June and the consistency he's shown, I mean, I can really only think of one or two really bad starts for him this season. And I mean, that says a lot for a guy in his first full year in the rotation. Um, and so I think those are guys that you, you, if you're the Cubs, you reach out to, to them and their agents and, and see if, you know, if there's any interest in there. I mean, these are pre-arb guys. And so, I mean, it's potentially a life-changing money for all of them. Um, so you bring in that cost certainty element from both the player side and the team side, and it can really allow teams to go out and make different moves. I mean, you look at what the Braves have done. I mean, they've been very aggressive in that regard in the last couple of years and basically have all of their star players um, from within the system now locked in for the next eight years ish, give or take. And so, I mean, that, that really sets up teams to have some, some core players to build around. And now obviously the, the cost for that will be different. They're not going to be giving somebody a Julio Rodriguez kind of deal, but um, you know, there, there are creative ways to, to get your, your best up and coming players um, under under control and and pay them what the, what they're deserving now um, and, and how that can help you in the off in future off seasons. My guest is Megan Montemurro of the Chicago Tribune. We're talking Cubs baseball here on the Score. So you do you do this because you want to solidify whatever vision you have. If you're Jed Hoyer, next great Cubs team, they seem to be talking about an urgency. I don't see the talent matching up with that. Whatever he says, 2014, I don't see it at the major league level. Maybe it grows. He's got a better ride than I do. I just don't see that. 
but it was solidified when Theo Epstein talked John Lester into showing up and John Lester talked John Lackey into showing up and David Ross was there and suddenly you had two guys who knew what with and, and you had you had certainly voices in the locker room and you had Jason Hayward liking it so much that he took less money from the Cubs than the Cardinals offered. And last year, the small market Cubs were snubbed by Carlos Correa, depending who you believe. But he signed with the Twins because he thought they were more serious than the Cubs, which should have told Cubs management something. I don't know what it told if they got the message, but the Cubs are dealing with this, almost like this, this Escher drawing of it's eating itself, it's starting at the beginning, it's starting at the end, it's eating the end. Which has to come first? A free agent, great free agent, saying, I'm here, I'm going to believe this. Or you have to make a whole bunch of other moves to convince that great free agent that you're serious. How do you think this plays out with the way the Cubs are going to do it? Well, one thing I think when, you know, in terms of Jed making that 2014 comparison, I do think is is really important going into a, an off season where you might be making a lot of moves is like watching this team on a day to day basis like they compete. I mean, they've done that pretty consistently under David Ross this entire season. They weren't winning a lot of those games, but they were in a lot of games. And now you kind of look at over the last you know two two and a half months, some of those are turning into wins. I mean, their pitching staff. Um, since basically the all-star break has been one of the best in baseball. And so you look at some of those smaller things that maybe don't show up in an overall team record. And those are the things you want to see if, if you're trying to make those big maneuvers in the offseason. Now, as you kind of noted about 2014, none of, none of these, none of Jed's words or comparisons are going to matter if they don't go out and spend money. I mean, because, as you, as you noted, like there are good pieces, I think on this team. I mean, I already mentioned three of them, you know, Ian Happ is, is, has lived up to kind of what they envisioned he could be when they drafted him, you know, Wilson Contreras has has had a career year and there's other interesting pieces that you have, um, you know, both at the big league level and, and getting to the, you know, double A, triple A level, but you still need those star players. And there's certainly going to be the opportunity in the off season to acquire these kind of guys. And the question is, are the Cubs going to go out and spend those, those big bucks to bring those guys to Chicago? I mean, their, their payroll situation, I mean, beyond 2023, there's only three guys that have guaranteed money left. One of them is Marcus Stroman, who could potentially opt out after next season. Another is Seiya Suzuki. And the other is David Bodie, who's in AAA right now. So they have a lot of money they can play with. And so if you're going to make those 2014 comparisons, knowing with everyone knowing what happened then in 2015, you, you have to go out and, and spend money and get those star players. Megan Montemurro of the Tribune is my guest. We're talking Cubs baseball here. You know, it, 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 Jed Hoyer has to convince a free agent the way he's trying to convince Cubs fans that he's serious. And Cubs fans have noted the way a free agent would have to. How serious are you if you don't want an all-star catcher like Wilson Contreras? How does what is the response Jed Hoyer can have to that? I mean, 
I, I do understand that, like, with in, in, in Wilson's case, it, it's going to be a, a hard decision, ultimately. I mean, I guess maybe it's already been telegraphed since there's no contract extension going into his free agent here. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, you know, catchers are a tough position. And, I mean, the one thing that Wilson has on his side is that, you know, he hasn't been playing catcher since he was, like, 10 years old. You know, he was converted while in the, in the Cubs minor league system. So he doesn't have the same wear and tear, um, you know, that some catchers have since they were basically kids. Um, but when you get to the other side of 30 for catchers, I mean, generally that's not great for, you know, teams in terms of locking them in for five-year deals, uh, which is unfortunate for Wilson. But, it, you know, I can see why the Cubs would be hesitant to to give him, you know, hundred plus million dollar contract in that regard. But I do think there is something to keeping guys who have um, an impact in the clubhouse. I mean, Wilson is very well liked. Um, you know, he's really stepped up as a leader. Um, and so it, it's, it's going to be interesting. And, and, you know, and if they do offer him a qualifying offer, it'll be interesting to see, you know, does he weigh that and accept what could be a very obviously lucrative one-year contract to stay in Chicago. Um, and, you know, obviously you would think you would want to test free agency and get that multi-year deal. But, you know, I think there's a lot of pieces in play here. And and I don't really know necessarily, you know, if you're one of the big-name free agents, how much you're thinking about, like, you know, okay, are they re-signing their homegrown players? Because if, if you're, like, looking at, say, the Dodgers – they keep replenishing things by the guys that they develop within their system and are still bringing up really good, talented, you know, potentially future all-star players. So like if you're, if I were a, a, a free agent, you know, that had my pick of basically any team, like I would want to see are the, are, is the team I'm signing with developing talent internally? Because I mean, I think that's really the key you know, if you're going to be an annual contender, you have to be replenishing that. And, and then that, I think that's really the reason the Cubs are back in this position, because after that first wave of guys of that core, really, for 2016, they really haven't gotten that same level um, of internal production consistently. And so I, I think that is really going to be the key of are they are they developing guys and bringing up you know, more waves of players. And I think you're, there are signs that the Cubs are doing that. Megan, let me, let me put it a different way then. I, I understand your point, but I think free agents say, how much and who am I playing with? What are my chances of winning? If you're looking at the Dodgers, well, hey, there's Mookie Betts. Hey, there's Trey Turner. There's, now there's Freddie Freeman. You look at that and say, yeah, that's what I want. And however they have to get those guys, they get those guys, whatever trades are involved, whatever young bodies are involved. But I think that's it. And I don't see Mookie Betts and Trey Turner on the Cubs right now to entice a free agent. So that was more of my point. I think free agents look at how much, obviously, and who can blame them. you got free agency. you got the chance to, to name a figure and see if somebody matches it. But those aren't those guys. That was my point is how Jed sells a free agent – when you don't have Mookie Betts and Trey Turner. Right. Well, I mean, to be fair, the Dodgers both traded for Mookie Betts and Trey Turner. So, I mean, I do think the Cubs could take what they have and what they're building in their farm system and turn that and, and flip that into a star type player. Like they're starting to develop mm-hmm. 
the type of farm system where you can trade for stars in addition to paying for them. Um, so I, I really do think they have a lot of different avenues that they can take um, in the off season. And sometimes it just takes one guy to buy in to the vision. I mean, you talk about John Lester and the domino effect that kind of had, like, if, if you get somebody on board and you say, Hey, like, this is what our plan is. Like, we need you to be the, the, the first, the guy on the ground floor to take us to that next level. You know, I mean, it, it might be a harder sell, selling point than um, maybe the Cubs would hope to have to, to be in at the, at this stage and given the success, you know, that they had a couple of years ago. Um, but sometimes it just takes that one guy to, to buy in and then, you know, you, you make moves off of that. So, I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting what they do. They certainly are going to have a lot of options. They certainly should have a lot of money to be able to spend. Um, so yeah, if they're, if, if the 14, if the 2014 comparison is going to be thrown out there, then the Cubs are going to have to back that up with the moves and the signings they make in the off season. And you'll be there to report on it. And I appreciate your time coming on today, Megan. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. All right. Megan Montemurro of the Tribune. That's, I just think that yeah, she's right. You know, that one guy that we talked about, that John Lester, you need somebody with credibility. And then every other signing can come a lot easier. Who is going to be that one guy? Who's going to believe that? Who's going to want to be that guy at Wrigley Field? There's lots to like about Wrigley Field. There's lots to love about Chicago. There is not a lot to love about the way the Cubs have done business like a small market team. But you can change that with one signing. Uh, Some White Sox news. They've made some moves. They've had to. We'll take a break. We come back, and then I have other bits and pieces, stuff I've gathered throughout the week, some anniversaries. Ooh, a big, big baseball anniversary. And we'll talk about all that stuff. We'll be putting on the foil, Coach, next on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Saturday Suckage coming up by the end of today's show. Appreciate you fellow Suckageers joining me on this journey before I take off on my own adventure with my son Brandon and one of my grand dogs, Gio. We're driving to California to the valley. I'm a valley boy. Oh my God. But along the way, we will stop in. We'll stop in Lenexa, Kansas to see his friend Spicoli. Then we'll stop in Albuquerque for our version of the Breaking Bad tour, and I have my Heisenberg hat. And then we will be driving through and stopping off to stand on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. God bless I-40 for all the opportunity. And then we'll get to California. But first, some White Sox moves. Lance Lynn was placed on the bereavement list, they announced before today's game against Arizona. Yoan Moncada on the 10-day injured list retroactive to August 26th, that would be Thursday, with a strained left hamstring. Imagine that, a core hamstring injury. And remember last night, amid the season of injuries, core, hamstring, the one of the stars for the Diamondbacks was the son of <clears throat> Alan Thomas, the strength and conditioning coach who was kicked out by the White Sox. Boy, the 
irony, sweetness, whatever it is, that was that's what happened. So you're on Moncada, 10-day injury list. And here's your big news. Larry Garcia is back from his injury rehab assignment at Class A Charlotte. Sox reinstated him from the 10-day injured list. Davis Martin, Charlotte. So Davis Martin is coming up. All right, so today we've had lots of several sports writers on the show. We also had an anniversary 43 years ago, Chuck Swirsky. It's pretty amazing. 43 years ago in this city, Chuck Swirsky launched the first weeknight sports talk show. Ran from 7 to 11 on WCFL. And he said in his tweet, we had him on the air today, had the lowest ratings in American broadcast history and no commercials. And from there, Chuck has ascended to the voice of the Bulls and along the way looked at sports talk. That was 43 years ago. Four years before even Chuck was this song representing, represented by, sung by, created by the god of, to sports writers. And that's it. You can turn it up, Sean. It's the anthem. So, Bruce, who is the god to sports writers, all of his music forever and ever and ever, was quoted as saying, I was playing guitar on the edge of the bed. The words born to run came to me. I liked the phrase because it suggested a cinematic drama that I thought would work with the music I'd been hearing in my head. This week, in 1975, 47 years ago, born to run. And sports writers were never the same. Welcome in, welcome back. That's it. That's Bruce. That's what we that's what we live for. I wanted to give Sox fans an opportunity to have reason for hope. I I want them to look at this frustrating, maddening, absurd season. And I want them to go back to Mookie Wilson. Mookie was once quoted as saying, when I'm in a slump, I comfort myself by saying, if I believe in dinosaurs, then somewhere they must be believing in me. And if they believe in me, then I can believe in me. Then I bust out. Now, I know some of you may have bust out laughing at Mookie and his belief in dinosaurs and dinosaurs believing in him. But is that any more absurd than asking the manager to stay awake and know what he's doing and know the rules? Is that any more absurd than a professional baseball team actually practicing catching the ball? Is that any more absurd than a Major League Baseball team actually hustle? I don't think dinosaurs are any more absurd than that. Dinosaurs have only hit fewer, a handful of fewer home runs than the White Sox in the last 10 games. They've hit three. Albert Pujols at 42 has hit four, and the Dinosaurs have hit none, so they're not really that far behind. Look, White Sox fans, I'm trying. What can I tell you? I'm trying. Yesterday, August 26, was a hell of a day for anniversaries and birthdays 
and events. The birthday, August 26th was the birthday of Mother Teresa, Macaulay Culkin, and Steve Carlson, who played Steve Hansen of the Hansen Brothers. <laughs> what are you guys doing? Putting on the foil every game. Yeah, you want some? No. Putting on, putting on foil. That's Steve Hansen, born yesterday. Now, the Wolves tweeted that out. God bless the Wolves. We love the Wolves. They hired Chris Cook, who's a quality person. Chris is in charge of He succeeded the terrifically talented Lindsey Wilhite as part of the, as their media relations director. Steve Carlson played for Wolves senior advisor Gene Ubriaco with the Baltimore Skipjacks. I remember covering Steve Hansen, Steve Carlson, when he played for the Kings. And it was those Kings that was so perfect that they signed a Hanson brother. But I love your Hanson brothers. They're wonderful. Hanson brothers, Steve Carlson, had a birthday yesterday. August 26th was also a ma- major date. It doesn't really get noted, celebrated. I don't know. It just, But it was, in 1939, Major League Baseball was televised for the first time. Cincinnati Reds, Brooklyn Dodgers, at Ebbets Field. It was televised. You can get your RCA Victor TV. They were televising baseball yesterday in 1939. And now, I mean, this is one game, one channel, one camera. And that's that was baseball. And now you can't even find it. You have no you 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 better bring money. That's all the that's all the major league baseball was they better bring money when you can't find it. You could try checking your phone, but no, don't do that. We're going to black out, black it out. We're just, it's crazy. But that was the anniversary yesterday. And that was also would have been my 42nd wedding anniversary. Would it have been 42nd or 38th? I can't count. I don't know. I would have been married a long time. <clears throat> that was my wedding day, but I'm not married anymore. I just believe in Mookie's dinosaurs. If you... I don't even know how to describe the story or or tease it if I had to. But if you hate robots and that kind of technology, here's a kid you love. He's known as Christopher. And he's a Russian kid under the age of nine. He was a seven-year-old, and he's playing in the under-nine group. And he's playing chess. And he's playing chess against a robot. And it's one of those robots that has the, the not so much hands, but what passes for hands and moving <clears throat> the pieces is, is two sort of slats, small little slats. And recently, the robot broke the child's finger because the man, he made the machine upset. Here. He made the machine upset. He made the robot upset. The robot pounced on the kid after it took one of the boy's pieces. So the robot made the move, captured one of the pieces, but instead of waiting for the machine to complete its move, the boy opted for a quick repost. Now, this is against the safety rules, said one of the officials. There are certain safety rules, and the child apparently violated them. When he made his move, he did not realize he first had to wait for the robot to finish his, its move. This is an extremely rare case. <laughs> the fast moves upset the robot 
the robot grabbed the kid's finger and broke it. And I don't mean to laugh at a kid's broken finger, but I love that the idea that this kid upset technology, upset a robot. It's one of the best things. That is it's insane. Just, that sounds like that something straight out of the grobber's mouth or something. That's great. Yeah, movie. right. He would, right. And, and the robot probably believed that Pluto wasn't a planet and <laughs> Robber's going to give him <clears throat> that kind of stuff too. Don't ask for its take on the Ghost Runner on second, though. It's still not you know, no, ready to process that. No, no, no. Have you on your bucket list, Sean Sears, yeah. ever imagined hitting a home run in two con- from one country to the next Hitting a home run in two countries? Have you ever imagined that? No, I have no. I didn't even think of that being a possibility. Uh, me neither. But if you go to Coots, Alberta, Coots, Alberta is really a, a Yankee Stadium like short porch in right field from Alberta into America, into the United States. You can hit a home run in their ball field, ball field, right field. The fence begins where the border begins. So you're hitting a home run. Once you clear the fence, you've gone from Canada to the United States. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I do not have exactly the, the distance that you would need, but it's, it seems like a short porch. You can also go oppo if you want, if you're a right-handed hitter, but if you're a left-handed hitter, there's your short porch. You can homer from Alberta into, I would imagine, Montana. I don't know. Right. Anyways, you can hit from one country to the next. That's crazy. We'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah you do that. Put that in. So we love Mark Hamill here. He's Luke Skywalker. He's here to save us. He's a wonderful follow on Twitter. So before I go on my adventure, his son, Nathan, tweeted, in fifth grade, I was goofing off goofing off in Mrs. Ferrar's English class when she told me, Nathan, this isn't fun 101. I then replied, well then, I'm in the wrong class. <laughs> she immediately sent me to the principal's office. Totally worth it. So this was tweeted a couple of weeks ago by Mark Hamill's son, and Mark Hamill retweeted it. Why am I just now hearing about this? I love that. The Hamill family's wonderful. All right, play the music, Sean. We have to get out of here, right? Mr. Clock on... There we go. Look, it's the Eagles. It's already gone. You know what else the Eagles sang, Sean? Uh, Hotel California. Yeah, they sang that. And they also sang Take It Easy. Because in that song, there's a corner in Winslow, Arizona. In a couple days, I'm going to be standing on that corner in Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. I will get pictorial evidence of that after our Breaking Bad tour, me and Brandon. I want to thank everyone for listening. Stay healthy. Stay safe. Nobody important listen to this show. I'll be back next week. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait, wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. 
Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.